0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. This is podcast number 122, And today is an interview. So y'all know how that has gone in the past. We're hoping today's gonna go a little bit better. I'm talking to Kelly Snyder of Redefined Mom and Adore Your Wardrobe. So we'll get into that in a minute. But before I do, I also want to read you a review of my book because I am also the author of How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. Um, Okay, so this is a review that somebody left on Amazon. And thank you so much to those of you who have left reviews. If you're my target audience, which I'm pretty sure you are because you're listening to this podcast, um, you know that we're all skeptical about, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, right, like something's really going to help me. So if you've read the book or if you've listened to the book um, on Audible or the CD or whatever, if you could leave a review, that's great. So this review says, this book is a life changer, life changers in all caps, by the way, Every weekend, my coworkers would ask me how I was going to spend my weekend, and I would have to groan and say, clean. I could never figure out how to keep our house manageable throughout the week, leading to a huge, dreadful project to clean up on the weekend. From reading your book, I'm sorry, from reading this book, I've learned that I was engaging in a project mentality, which just does not work for our household. By developing simple daily habits, our house has improved so much and we are all so much happier in our home. Even as a mom of three, that includes an infant who is still going to school and working full time, our house is kept decent. For the first time ever, Ever, something has made sense to me when it ke- comes to keeping a home that is enjoyable to spend time in. Thank you, Dana K. White. Okay, so that's the review I'm reading today. Um, okay, so now I'm going to introduce Kelly. Kelly as I said, is um, the blogger at Redefined Mom. And she also has a course that she started about a year ago. Is that right, Kelly? It is. And it's called Adore Your Wardrobe. And you can go to adoreyourwardrobe.com slash slob. And she has a special message for you. And we'll talk more about what that is. But we're going to talk about clothing today because that's Kelly's specialty. Um, A little bit about Kelly uh, and her background and our relationship is I met Kelly at the first blogging conference that I ever went to, and that was back in 2010, I think it was. Or nine. Well, I know I started blogging in 2009, and it was the next summer. 2010, yes, 2010. So we met at that, and I have written about that before, and just kind of this strange experience that it was for me because I hadn't told anyone in my real life other than my husband and my mom really that I had this blog about being a slob and then like meeting people in real life and having to introduce myself with my d- deepest darkest secret <laughs> like and just it was very traumatic um but Kelly was one of those um oh great awesome that's what you write about that's cool you know and it's just it was such a strange thing to me how people reacted but um so Kelly uh, and i have known each other since then in the last several years we've really um you know done a lot of brainstorming together working together um on just figuring out this crazy business that we've created online out of thin air basically um <laughs> so um that's kelly just a little about kelly is kelly is super fashionable um but not in an intimidating way so that's that's where i need you to understand because i typically am intimidated by super fashion, um, but Kelly's a very down-to-earth person, and she really focuses on women over 40 um, because she and I both are over 40. So anyway, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do in a normal day. Okay. Well, first, thanks for having me
1: on the show. I know I'm one of the few interviewees that you've had, so I feel really privileged to be, you know, I'm in a special elite little group. You should
0: totally feel privileged.
1: I know. I might make like a trophy for myself. That's like (laughs) a plaque, a plaque that says,
0: you know, top five. I could Uh, make it, but I would never actually send it to you. So yeah, I'll just make it myself. It's all good. good. It's all good.
1: Um, so myself in a typical day, um, I'm a blogger and I actually have this course, um, that talks about fashion and Um, I blog, my blog is basically meant for women that are over 40. I talk about how to, I call it outdo our younger selves. Um, I'm a, just a firm believer in that. I really love this age range that I'm in right now. I love my forties. Um, I love, I wish I had my body of my twenties, but I wouldn't trade it for the wisdom that I have in my forties versus the wisdom that I did not have in my twenties. Um, and so that's kind of what I just talk about. That's my blog. But out of that blog came then this focus on fashion. I've always loved fashion. I think my first uh, magazine subscription when I was eight was Vogue. Um, I begged, wow. I begged and pleaded for it for Christmas one year. I'm pretty sure my mom thought I was nuts. Um, but sure enough, it was a magazine subscription that they got me. Um, and so I've always loved, I've always loved fashion. Um, and as I, but as you get older, right? Like things change on your body. Like you have kids, and like. I'm sorry, your hips are just not the same after you birth them, you know, it just and your body is not the same because you have had an alien inside you and then it's out. Um, but our bodies change. And so I I went through a transition in my 30s after my second child of trying to figure out what to wear and how to make it look good on my body because I was doing everything that everybody else was and that was following all the trends and I'd go to the store and the sales associates would tell me that this is what looks great on everybody so then I would put it on but I was never really happy and then I was just at that point of just basically giving up like I was like well evidently there's something completely wrong with me because I don't look good in any of this stuff um and so I must be the problem, um, but and then I just figured out about fashion. And what I realized is that it's mostly about science and math and logic, and it's not really about this artistic thing that everybody thinks fashion's about. And so, like once that clicked for me, then fashion became fun again. Um, but like most people, when you learn something, sometimes you don't want to tell your friends about it because you don't want them to think that you know more than they do or that you're being an expert, and so I kind of kept all of that information to myself, and then when I hit my 40s, all of my friends were now going through premenopause, and bodies were changing again, and they were frustrated again, um, and I realized this time I couldn't just be quiet, and so that's kind of how the course was created is that I was helping my friends and we were having success. And I realized that there were thousands of other women that were out there that were in the exact same boat. And I just think it's a shame for women once we get to a certain age, not to feel beautiful and confident and amazing. And so that's why the course was built.
0: That's awesome. And it's been fun to watch that. And it's been fun to watch um, people really change how they feel feel about themselves overall. And really, and like what we're going to talk about today is change how they view their closet. I think um, it, it's paralyzing. You know, we talk a lot about decluttering paralysis and looking in the closet and going, I don't know, maybe that would look good on me if I lost five pounds. And maybe that would be the thing or I bought this and I really just love how it looks on everybody else. I tried it on and it looks horrible on me, so I don't wear it, but I'm keeping it because in my mind I think it's got to be the thing that is gonna be cute someday or whatever. So okay, well tell us about though your typical day as a mom. Like what's your morning to dinner time lifestyle? Okay. Um
1: so I have two kids. Um I have a teenager and a preteen. Um so I have a son and a daughter. I'm so sorry. I know. I, <laughs> just kidding. I do love
0: my teenagers, but it is an interesting time of life.
1: <laughs> I heard. Um, I heard it. I just have to say this. This is kind of funny. I heard a description for a teenager, and I thought this was so true. And they okay, said, "Can it's, I
0: stop you real quick and tell you that we don't cuss on this podcast?"
1: I'm not going to cuss. Okay, okay, just
0: okay, because kids listen. But go ahead.
1: I know. I won't cuss. <laughs> but they said the best analogy was a teenager is like the worst roommate you've ever had. They eat all your food. They <laughs> steal money out of your purse. They wear your clothes, and they don't pick up after themselves.
0: But like, we love them. But we love them, and they're so fun. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, so I have a preteen and a teenager. Um, they go to school, and then I work. Um, I'm blessed that I get to work from home. Um, sometimes I work in yoga pants and my workout gear, and sometimes I get dressed up in my business casual clothes. Um, it just kind of depends. Um, and then I usually work till about three and that's when my daughter comes home. And then we start our evenings of activities, um, piano lessons, soccer practice, you know, band concerts, all that stuff that everybody goes to in this stage. Um, we eat dinner at home probably 90% of the time, um, clean up dishes, watch little TV, go to bed, lather, rinse, repeat. So yeah. I don't really live
0: that amazing of a lifestyle as a blogger. <laughs> it's pretty boring. But when you dress up, you look really nice. And, and you know, you keep, I, I think that that to me is the hardest thing about fashion at this time in my life is my days don't look the same. And so there's no, there's no uniform, I guess, for my lifestyle. Um, because some days it is just wearing workout clothes until, oh my goodness, I have to, take a shower before I go pick the kids up from school or whatever, because I have been working out. Can we all just talk about that for a second? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have been working out. Okay, I have. Anyway, we'll see if it lasts, but um, okay, so let's talk more. Um, We're talking about clothes, and uh, one of my, well, my number one get started on decluttering is do the easiest of the easy stuff. Mm -hmm. And that I define in most situations as trash, which in my closet, I'm sure there is some random trash that I could throw away. But what do you consider, like if somebody was going to declutter their closet, what would you consider the easiest of the easy stuff? That's just like, well, duh, I don't know why I still have this, but everybody tends to still have it. What would you consider the easiest of the easy stuff in the typical closet?
1: So if I were to go into anybody's closet, I would say there's two categories that are the easy of the easy. And the first is something that's been worn out. Um, We all have those clothes, right? That have been, they have, they have stood the test of time. They have given their all. They have been tried and true for you forever, but they are worn out. Like they have holes in them or they have stains that are beyond repair. You know, it's just, they're done. They, They are done and it's time for them to go. I think having that mentalness to say, thank you for being such an amazing shirt, pair of jeans, whatever you were, and then making a mental note of what they look like to make it so that you wore them out. So if you have a favorite pair of jeans that you've worn out, make a mental note of what, you know, what, why did you love them? And then let them go. Um, and that can be sometimes easier said than done. But I think the other thing is I always call it the love factor. Do you love it or do you not? And I think that's, it's a little bit harder, but when we think about it, our closets are an emotion ridden Mm -hmm. place. Um, There's purchases that we've made and some of them we've loved and some of them we've tried and we've tried that shirt on and for some reason it doesn't work for us. Um, We've bought things out of desperation, either at somewhere that is inexpensive or somewhere that's expensive um, because there's this mindset that if I pay more for it, that it will look better on me. Um, there's emotion laden and maybe that we've gained some pounds. And so we have maybe clothes that fit five or 10 pounds ago. And so we have this mentality that, well, if I only lose those 10 pounds, then I can wear this again. Um, it's emotionally laden. Like there's a lot of just it just is. There's emotions of weight. There's emotions of I've spent money and I'm not utilizing it like I'm supposed to. There's emotions of it. Like, why doesn't that look good on me? But it looks good on everybody else. And so I always go into it and say that if you, it comes down to love and you either love a piece of clothing or you don't love it. And if you don't love it, you're never going to feel confident or comfortable wearing it. Um,
0: so would you say love it right now? Here, here's the thing. Yes. I, I, my two decluttering questions are all about taking the emotions out of it because I can come up with an emotion if I need to if I want to keep something. Um, so I I like that because clothing it doesn't necessarily work on because you know where would I look for this first? Well, obviously in the closet, you know. Um, but at the same time, that love idea of do I love the way it looks on me right now or do I just love this piece? Do when I wear it. Mm-hmm. would I say I love it? When you're wearing it. Yeah. When you're wearing it. Not,
1: not when you're looking at it, not when there's some emotionalness to it, some sentimentality. We all have those sentimental pieces. Not for
0: a- the memories that it brings. No. But yeah.
1: When you put it on and you look at yourself in the mirror, do you think, dang, I look good? Or yeah. I am ready to tackle this day. Or I feel confident I'm totally going to kill it at work today. Those are the emotions that I think we have. And if you put on something and you have that emotion of like, I feel good, I look good, I feel confident, Mm -hmm. then that's love. If you put something on and you say, I guess it's okay, it'll work today, I don't really like it, but I've already tried four times to change and this is what I've ended up with, it needs to go. I'm a big believer in that I would rather have people have a small closet that is functional of things that they Mm -hmm. love than having a big closet full of a bunch of eh.
0: Yeah. I, you know, there was this couple when I lived in Thailand when I was teaching, and this was all new to me. And I was a clothes, I mean I had so many clothes, it was ridiculous. But she and her husband had moved there to teach at this school and they were um you know they were Australian, normal size for Australians, but couldn't really shop in Thailand. Like I couldn't shop in Thailand. I mean, I didn't ever buy clothes there because you just can't, you know, my roommate who was a size eight could not buy clothes there, you know, so, um, it was just a different thing. Well, somebody for some reason had told them before they came that, um, they shouldn't, like don't don't bring a bunch of clothes you can buy your clothes here. Well this person was this tiny tiny man and it was like anyway. So I remember meeting them and her wearing the same clothes all the time and me going I would never do that but I had such admiration for her because she looked good in everything she wore. Like everything that she had looked fantastic on her where I had a million different things. And some days I looked like a million bucks and some days I looked horrendous, you know? And so I've tried to, I think about her a lot and how great she looked, you know, and then I found out later it was because somebody had strangely told them not to bring clothes, but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I do. I think that smaller wardrobe is a hard mentality because I like options.
1: Right most people do and i think there's it's fine to have options i think where we get into trouble though is that we think we keep stuff around in the hope of tomorrow it will be different and that's not accurate thinking. Like if it, if that piece of clothing isn't working for you today, tomorrow isn't going to change that. Right. And people are like, well, if I lose 20 pounds, then then I'll be able to have this whole nother wardrobe. And I always say, baby, if you lose 20 pounds, you're going to want to go buy new clothes. Yeah. Like we're going to have this moment of like, I deserve to go get new clothes because your body has changed and you deserve to splurge. You deserve to have that. And so you're not going to want to wear that old stuff. And so let it go because I just it's that whole, I hate having that emotion ridden closet. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I think that that just sets the tone so much for people's day because it's literally one of the first things we do is put on clothes. And when you're putting on something that you don't love and doesn't make you feel good, then that just transcends into so much of the rest of your day.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, what, what do you consider, like if somebody was going to say, okay, I'm going to have a smaller wardrobe, what do you consider a staple wardrobe or the main pieces that everybody should have in their closet? Okay. So my first thing is that you should
1: have at least two pairs of jeans that um, I call it right for your body type, but that's, that's how we treat things in Adore Your Wardrobe. Everything is based on um, math and science, and so there's rules that follow it based mm-hmm. on your unique body type. So I call it rule-fitting jeans based on your body type, but you should have two pairs, and they should be hemmed for flats and then hemmed for heels. Because to your point about the woman who always looked really well-dressed, most likely her clothes always fit and were always tailored accordingly so that she didn't have – and we've all seen it, right? Like people that wear jeans with, that are too short and they wear boots with it and you kind of have that look of like, what are you doing? Like that doesn't look quite right. Or the same difference like people whose jeans are way too long and they're kind of dragging on the floor and you're like, well, that doesn't look right. So two pairs of jeans that are real following that are tailored correctly. So for flats and for heels, you only need two. You don't need 20. You just need two. Um, I say at least three to four shirts that you love um, that are fitted for your body um, and that you love the color that they're in. You like the style. I don't think you need a ton. You need like, you know, four. Um, And then I would say you need to have at least two jackets, one that's a little bit more on the formal side. So maybe that's a black blazer or that's maybe a navy blazer, but something that can be either dressed up or down. And then I think it's always important to have some sort of like casual jacket. So a jean jacket or a corduroy jacket or, you know, kind of in that vein, something that's going to be more casual looking to have two of those jackets. Um, And then I'm a big believer in accessories. I love accessories. I love necklaces and bracelets and earrings and scarves because I think that they can totally change up an outfit so easily and make it so that you can take – one look and make it seven, just based upon having a different scarf or wearing a different necklace or wearing different earrings or wearing, you know, with the jacket or without the jacket, like to be able to do that mix and matching. So at a basis, I would say that that, that that's the basis is to have those things. And then from there you can build out. So then it's, I always call it that next layer. So it's, are you a dresses or are you a shorts person? And then build out two or three on either side of that. And then for tops, you know, we say four, but then you need to have, if depending on your climate, do we need to have short sleeve and long sleeve? And so then build out from that. But I think it's always good to start with a smaller amount and get those 100% right, because then you start to really define your eye and what you love, like what styles you love and what colors you love. And then it makes it easier to add pieces into it. Um, The other thing I think is really important is to make sure that your wardrobe matches your lifestyle. I think one of the reasons that people have so much fashion frustration is that they live what I call a fantasy life. And so we have this mentality. I'm totally, I'm one of those people too, where I love certain kinds of clothes. I love business casual clothes. And so I love having jackets and floral
0: blouses and And then you're drawn to that every time you go in the store all the time That's, that's my problem I'm drawn to this certain thing and so I have a thousand of those things right. You love them, right? Like that's exactly what you
1: love. Or maybe you're a dresses person and you love dresses. And so you have a gazillion of them, but then your lifestyle may be such that you are, you know, you're running around after toddlers all day. So wearing a dress is not really appropriate. And so then because your lifestyle is such that your closet is something different, you have frustration, right? Cause you go into your closet and you're like, well, I'm running around toddlers all day. And so you're like, well, I can't wear that dress. And so your dresses sit there and then you're like, well, I don't have anything to wear for wearing with toddlers. Blah, and then you just throw something on and you go about your day.
0: That's exactly the sound I would make. Blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Two things from what you said there. You talked about like I, the whole two pairs of jeans, one for heels and one for flats. Okay. So tell I know you talk about tailoring jeans, like the reality. How do you do that? Where do you find a tailor? How much does that cost? How long does it take?
1: Sure. So, (laughs) no, I understand like tailoring's scary, right? And I think too, like we grew up, I grew up in a generation that is off the rack. Like I, you go into the store, you pick up a shirt, you try it on, it either fits you or it doesn't fit you. And then you take it home. Like, and that's, that's the whole cycle right there. That was it we, and like my mother and my grandmother were both seamstresses. So like that stuff didn't exist, right? Like they, they, they were sewing, yeah. their shirt sure with their sewing machine, right? So everything was always fitted perfectly for their body because they were sewing it. So we have this thing, my generation is like, well, what do I do with like a tailor? Like, isn't that going to be like a thousand dollars to walk in there? Or that seems so extravagant, right? Like right. we are we doing this huge extravagancy. Um, it's not, um, you can find a tailor on Yelp. Um, that's how I found my tailor. You just type it okay. in tailor and there's probably going to be in your area and you check out what the reviews are. And so you go through and you see what everybody's reviewing and then maybe you narrow it down to two or three. Um, my next piece of advice is when you go in there for like jeans. So to get your jeans tailored to, you know, if you buy jeans that are too long to get them shortened, Um, you can't add fabric. I always say that. So always buy things a little long in order to be shortened. Um, it's $12. Wow. So you can if you're already spending buying premium denim that's $120, what's $12 more dollars to have jeans that look amazing on you and are hemmed right. Or if you buy them at Nordstrom's, Nordstrom's will tailor them for free. So there's okay. an express will tailor them for free. Like there's a lot of stores that are also tailor for free, but if you don't, you can spend $12 and
0: express will tailor your jeans for free. Mm-hmm. For real? Reels. Like I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I thought only like men's suits places did that. Nope, Athleta
1: does it too. So for your activewear, if you want it to be shorter or longer, they will tailor it as well for free.
0: Do they tell you that at the counter, or oh, do you have no? To- you got to ask.
1: <laughs> Banana Republic does it. Banana Republic does it. There's a ton of stores that do it. You just have to ask. Sometimes it may be a not. Sometimes it'll be free. Sometimes it may be a nominal fee. So maybe it's like ten dollars to have your jeans tailored, but. I always say if the department store does it, let them because they're used to tailoring those jeans. So that exact.
0: Okay. So when you say two pairs of jeans, if you find jeans that you like, would you buy two of the same pair and just have them tailored for the different kind of boots? Yeah. Okay. That's what I would do. Like, I don't different think that there's a
1: need. I don't think there's a need to have different washes unless that that's what you want. Yeah. I think that's like a thing that I think media and society has made it so like, well, you need to have all these different styles of jeans and all these different rinses and they need to be this, that, or the other. No, if you find two pairs of jeans that you really love and look good in, there's nothing wrong with owning four pairs of those and having those in different hem links if that is what makes you happy.
0: Well, and I think the whole what you're talking about, the different generation and tailoring, you know, I mean, like, I'm assuming that's why people in pictures who look really great that I think I want to look like, it's because their stuff is tailored. Oh yeah. Like you're, I'm, this is a realization I'm having in the moment. Okay. But you know, so I'm ha- I think about that and I go, but then, Oh, well, that doesn't look good on me. You know, like I see this, but maybe if there was that little tweak or it just doesn't fall exactly right or yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I, so, so do you think, does like Dillard's and places like that, do they do they have tailoring? Oh, yeah, they do. All of them. Anything that's a main department store.
1: I don't know if Macy's does. Okay. I know for sure that like Dillard's does and Nordstrom's does, Bon Mar, which is something here in the Midwest. I'm in Kansas. Um, they do. Majority of the higher end department stores are all going to have tailors. Um, or like I said, you can have your own. Like I have my own. I have my tailor. My tailor's name is Heidi. I've been with her for several years. And I probably have... Mm, about 80% of my clothes are tailored. So that's all of my shirts, so interesting. but I don't have a huge closet. Like everybody would right. expect that because, well, you teach a fashion course. Don't you have like this huge walk-in closet that's all filled with clothes? I don't. I have a pretty small closet that's functional, but all of my pieces are tailored. So they totally fit me. Um, and they yeah, accent- that's that,
0: that's that thing of something's off. Like, that's what I often think. I'm like, this kind of looks good on me, but something's off. What is it? And then I don't wear it again because I'm like, eh, I like it, but it has a something's off. So that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And a
1: good tailor will also tell you what the something is off. So if you are new to this whole thing, then you can go into a tailor and be like, okay, I love this shirt, but I'm not liking, I, describe what you don't like. Like, I don't like yeah. the way it fits in my bust area or in my sides or whatever. And they're going to be able to tell you the things that they can do to fix it.
0: Very cool. I'm learning something. That's I cool. know. Yay. Okay. Um, all right. So you, we talked about that, you know, how many pairs of jeans, all that kind of stuff. Um, let's say, oh, there was something else I was going to go back to. This is how I roll, just so you know. Um, okay. You talked about accessories and scarves and necklaces. How do you organize your accessories?
1: I, um, I have a scarf holder that goes inside my closet. Um, I, I believe in
0: a scarf holder, holder, cause there's lots of kinds.
1: There is lots of kinds. So mine is metal. It was on Amazon. It was rated really high. It was $8. Is so it like, like a it, hanger? Uh-huh. It with hangs, holes in it. Okay. Yep. Hanger. Yeah. Thank you. Hanger with holes in it. I stick my scarves in it so I can see what I'm doing. Um, the other thing with accessories is that I do have one of those like mounted to the wall jewelry, um, organizer so I can see everything. It's important for me that like, you don't throw things all in a jewelry box because then you can't see what you have. Yeah. Um, so it's better to be able to see everything. If that means investing so that you can see everything, you're going to get more use out of those pieces of jewelry yeah. because you can see them Versus thinking like, well, I think I have a turquoise necklace, but I'm not sure where it's at. And then you dig around, you can't find it. So then you're like, go to the store and you see a new turquoise necklace, so then you want to buy it. And then you're like, oh, sweet, I already have five of these. Like that was (laughs) kind of dumb. That's Um, Not to say that I have ever done that, but I might have done that before we got the organization. Um, So that's, I would say that that's the other thing that I always advise women to do is if you have an outfit that you love to write it down. Um, we, I have a wardrobe planner. So if I have outfits that I know, like I look killer in, I will write it all down, down to like what pair of pants I wore with what shirt, with what jacket, with what scarf, with what earrings. And the reason I do that is that we all know, like sometimes in the morning, it's crazy. Like, you know, we're moms and we got a hundred other things going on and we just need an outfit that's going to make us feel gorgeous. And so being able to go to that planner and just knowing, okay, I need this, this, this and this, and you put it all on and you feel good and you walk out the door is a relief like that you're not having to figure it out in the moment. And it's easy. Like, again, it's not – I don't think you need to have a ton of them. It isn't like you need to have 50 of them. But having a solid five outfits that you feel really good in is just – I mean, it's insurance so that if you're having a bad morning, you don't have to think about it. You're able to put the clothes on. You're able to feel great, and you're able to go about your day.
0: No, I think that's a good point because I I have probably – Two outfits that I have memorized that i 'm like, if I need a go to to look good, I can throw these things on. but having five means that if I did go on a trip, I would be able to know those these five things because if i 'm at home i don 't care that much <laughs> but yeah, but if i 'm going to be out and seeing people, yeah, um, okay, so talk about the specifically um, I, I know we we touched on it, but keeping clothes from a past life, um, weight, career, all that kind of stuff. Um, you talked about, you know, fitting your lifestyle that you have, you know, your fantasy self versus not, um, what if you aren't sure, like you aren't sure you're going to, if you're going to need maternity clothes again, or, you know, those are expensive and they're a short time. And so it's hard. Um, I know for me, my, I have a 15 year old and I have a 13 year old and they're 20 months apart. Maternity styles changed between those two kids. Oh yeah. Like it, it was, and I think they've stayed a little more. And of course I don't care anymore about maternity styles, but it was like, we went from the old style of the, you know, the big, huge balloony tops to Kelly Rippa. Uh-huh, cute, cute clothes. Yeah. Well, and tight and sucked in and not things I shouldn't be wearing, but you know, like a very, very different style between it was like, I, cause I really think it was when Kelly Rippa was on whatever, um, you know, she went on with Regis between those times and it really changed, it, changed everything. So do you have some rules that, um, you know, as far as if, if you're really not sure, because that's a lot of the stuff that people like me struggle with is the, well, I don't know the future and I don't know, maybe I will. And this kind of goes along with the whole frugality issue um, of, you know, my people tend to be crazy frugal. So how do we justify that getting rid of stuff that you actually could need in the future? Not just wait where you're going to be all thrilled and excited to go buy new clothes, but, you know, what if I do go back to work? What if I do, um, you know, need maternity clothes again? Uh, whatever.
1: So in my mind, there's, I understand frugality, but, I, in, but to me, there's an expense for everything. So if you got rid of all of those clothes, you would have to have the expense of buying them. On the flip side, there's a mental expense that's always held. So if you yes. hold on to everything, you have to mentally have that in your brain. And so you have to mentally make decisions about all of that stuff all the time. And there is an expense that happens to that with that as well. It's just not currency as money, but it's currency in your mental outlook on life and your ability to make decisions and to have clarity. So to me, there's two kinds of expenses that happen with that. I do understand the whole philosophy of like, well, what happens in the future? What, what if I'm not going to work now, but maybe after my kids get older, I'm gonna go back to work. The first thing I would say is that it's okay to keep maybe a couple of things aside. So if you have a pair of dress pants that you know look really good on you, you know you paid maybe a good amount of money for, they're a timeless style or a classic style, there's nothing wrong with holding on maybe say two or three outfits, okay? I didn't say 200 or 300 outfits, but there's nothing wrong with holding on to say two outfits at the most three to have a basis for your wardrobe. Because let's be honest, like if all of a sudden you got a job seven years from now, you're going to want new clothes because the clothes that you had seven years ago probably aren't going to be in style anymore. So keeping your entire wardrobe is detrimental because you're going to have that emotional weight because here's what's going to happen is that you're going to go back to work and you're going to see all of these clothes that you kept and in your mind you're not going to be happy with them because you know they're out of style and they probably don't fit you like they should and there's things that are wrong with them but you will wear those clothes because you're not you haven't given yourself permission to leave them and you feel guilty that you're not utilizing them. So you'll push yourself to use them, but you won't be happy
0: about it. Because you kept them for so long. It's like, right. well, I kept these for so long, and I, you know, lived with my closet not having the room for the clothes that I did need, and so out of obligation to having made that decision seven years ago. Yeah, and, and besides the fact that if you are staying home to have kids, um, your body will change like we talked about. I right. mean, it, it's not going to be the same. So yeah, that's and, you know, my big thing on that is the container of your closet. And realistically, if I can fit these things, I mean, I have a homecoming dress from 1990 in my closet, but it's because I have room for it. And so it's not it's not keeping everything out. Yes, my daughter plays with it, all that. But <laughs> now those were like princess dresses cuz they had the big skirts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um But it, it, there's room for it as long as there's room. But if it's crowding out the things that you need to actually stay, you know, to be happy and live your life now, that's where there's the major problem.
1: Right. And we, we talk about, so we're, I know we're going to touch on this, but we have a 14 day challenge coming up. And one of the things that we do inside that is that we do a lifestyle and a wardrobe audit because For me, I find that women's, there's two things that kind of make them super frustrated with their closet. The first is that their lifestyle doesn't match their wardrobe, so that they have real estate that's being taken up inside their closets or within their wardrobe that doesn't fit their lifestyle. So there's, you know, so it's the same thing you were talking about, that there may be, you know, a whole section of clothing for your past career that you had. And that's taking up valuable real estate, but you're not utilizing any of that. Like that's going to waste. That that real estate is going to waste. But then also just the the usability of those clothes is going to waste. Um, I think sometimes when we free ourselves to say these clothes don't work for me now, but wouldn't it be great to? give them or donate them to somewhere else where somebody else can get use out of them, I think that also releases some of that frugality as well because it's you're still allowing that clothing to live and to be able to be useful. It's just not useful to you at this particular moment.
0: Yeah, and I think with that frugality too, a, a lot of times it is hard because we do see, wait a minute, I paid, You know, that was the most expensive item of clothing I've ever purchased in my life. Can I really, truly get rid of it? But, it's, but the longer I hold on to it, the less likely that it's going to have any value either from me, by me, for me, or for any person who would ever wear it because of its, you know, fashion shelf life or whatever. Yeah.
1: And in frugality, one of the things we teach in Adore Your Wardrobe is about cost per wear, and not total cost of the item. So I'm a believer that if you find a pair of jeans that you love, like love, they look amazing on you, you feel good in them, you feel confident, they're comfortable, and you pay, let's go crazy, you pay $150 for this pair of jeans, but they feel amazing. But you wear them three times a week, and you and you take care of them, and they're able to last you four years. When you do the cost per wear over that time frame, it's pennies, versus yeah. having, say, same $150 but instead it was five pairs of jeans that were $30 you hated them you only wore them when you had to as soon as you got home you changed out of them and you never wanted to wear them after that there is that is a bigger waste of money than having maybe one pair of expensive jeans that you love all the time same way with having if you spent you know $250 on a jacket that you never wear The cost per wear on that is so expensive. It would be better to sell it at consignment, which is always an option to donate it, to let it go, and then put something in your closet that's actually going to have that good cost per wear that you're actually going to get use out of.
0: That's a really good way to look at it. That's a really good way. Okay, so let's talk about your, um, you mentioned that you have a challenge coming up, and this is a challenge that people can sign up for. How much does the challenge cost? It's free. The challenge is free. That totally fits our frugal people that we, (laughs) um, okay. But the challenge is free. Your course is not free, but, um, I know a lot of people who've been through it and who see the value in it. So, but this challenge that you're doing has several parts to it, um, has lessons. Tell me what it is that people get with this challenge when they sign up for that.
1: Sure. The, the challenge is called From Frustration to Functional. It's a 14-day closet challenge, um, and it's combined of four lessons. What we do is the very first thing is you're going to do what I call a lifestyle audit. So you're going to take a week, and you're just going to document what you do in the course of a week, what you wore, and who you saw. Um, and what that does is I'm a big believer in taking the art and the emotion out of fashion and creating logical arguments as to why something works and something doesn't work. I love that. And what I find is when we have an accurate look at our lifestyle, then we can then start applying it to other areas. So we start with a lifestyle audit, then we go to a wardrobe audit. And it's a very simple audit that you have to do it should take you no longer than 30 minutes because I want people to make decisions quickly and basically they're going to categorize their clothing based on one of six categories and they're going to use a comment of do I love it or do I not that's it like there there's nothing else to that but what you will find is that because of the lifestyle is also categorized you will meet those up and you will see if your closet is in sync or if it's not um, and I would say probably 96% of the population does not have a closet that's in sync, that their lifestyle and their cl- and their wardrobe don't mirror what they're supposed to. And
0: you mean like in sync with their lifestyle, not a closet that has clothes like in sync would have worn?
1: Yes, no, no, and no, okay. no MC Hammer pants, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: No. Okay. So tell, explain the word audit. You're using that a lot. I know you, I know you are super logical, which I love. Like to me, let me, let me just look at things logically. Let me just, you know, figure it out as opposed to, you know, just going through every piece. Oh, I don't know. Let me, you know, let me just do things. So define what you mean when you're using the word audit.
1: For me, audit is taking the emotion completely out of it, that you look at a set of rules. Mm -hmm. And you make a determination based upon those set of rules. So there's not this, there's not the ish that happens. I call it like that, that waiver of like, well, I've got to make a decision and it has to be based on emotion. There's none of that. Like it's, it's pretty cut and dry. So I always, what I talk about with an audit is just, it gives you a clear picture of what's going on that has no emotion that is put to it, that it is very logical. Like it is literally, like I said, the lifestyle audit is what did you wear At what time of day, and who did you see? Like, it can't get any more logical than that. And then the wardrobe thing is, what category is that? And do you love the piece of clothing that it is? And even that love, you can kind of let go. Let's just talk about, you know, what kind of category is that piece of clothing? And then defining if those two match or if they don't match. And if they don't match, how can we develop a plan so that we can get to the place where our wardrobe and lifestyle
0: are in sync? I love it. I love it. That's great. Um, okay. So you have that, uh, you compare the audits. Yes. And, you compare, and then we have lesson
1: three. Um, so there's the first two lessons. Then we have lesson three that goes into the two, um, what I call the two main reasons why people are frustrated with their closet. I always like to give the explanation of why, because I think sometimes once you do the logic, it's nice to understand, well, why isn't this working? Because when we understand the why, then it's easier easier for us to not make the same mistake again, like to get that rationale as to the why. So in lesson three, we go through the why. Why are we frustrated? Why do our audits not match up? What is the problem with that? And then in lesson four, we develop a concrete plan to not only get some of the clutter out of your closet, but to develop a wardrobe plan so that your wardrobe and lifestyle are in sync.
0: Okay. And what are included in the lessons?
1: So we have, um, it's kind of the same format that we have for Adore Your Wardrobe. So it is a full lesson of curriculum. So you're going to read the lesson. Um, there's usually, there not usually, there is a video that's between five and ten minutes long. It just depends on what the lesson is. And then there's a worksheet that you get to do as well. So by the end, you're going to have something, not a ton of worksheets, it's three worksheets, but you're going to have something concrete that you can look at. You're going to be able to be able to hear something as well and then to read. And the reason I do it that way is everybody learns differently. Yes. And so being able to hit both the reading it, hearing it orally, and being able to do it yourself, I think, it creates a different learning experience than just having me wonk on for 15 minutes about whatever. Right.
0: Okay. Well I love it. And I think that's an excellent thing for um my people, as I call them, to go through um in decluttering the closet. I mean that's, you know, that's the idea is getting a closet that you actually love. So if you would like to sign up for that, when does registration start? So I believe this episode is going to go out on the
1: 23rd. Yes. So we will have a registration page just for your listeners and for Mm -hmm. your readers of the blog. And they can find that at www.adoreyourwardrobe.com backslash slob. Um, There'll be a promo video there so they can get a little bit more information and then some more kind of just contextual so that they understand kind of what it is. We will also have a Facebook group. Um, that will be going on during the 14 days so that other people that are going through it can come together. I think it's a great way to build community and it's also a great way for people to realize that they're not in it alone. I think there's something powerful in realizing that you're not the only one that's struggling with this, that there's a whole bunch of other people as well. Um, and then we'll have some Facebook lives in there as well. So you'll get to meet me and my staff and kind of see how we interact and the kind of work that we do. Um, just to kind of help everybody out with their wardrobe. Like I said, the whole reason that Adore Your Wardrobe exists is really, um, I firmly believe that every woman deserves to feel confident and beautiful and amazing in the body that she's in today. And like it or not, clothing is a big part of that. And that when we feel confident on the outside, it is easier for us to feel confident on the inside.
0: Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, I love it. So that's adoreyourwardrobe.com slash slob, S-L-O-B. And that is my affiliate link as well. Um, Not that this costs anything for you, but um, for the future, if you ever decided to um, sign up for um, one of Kelly's courses after you've kind of gotten a feel for how things actually work in there. Um, But I'm excited about the value that you're providing in this challenge specifically so um anyway I'm so thankful that you came on today and let's hope that the sound is okay and better because I tried a different system than I did my other two times I've done a fairly horrendous interview but um, (laughs) no I mean I, I don't know what it was just anyway this is a different system I'm hoping it turns out well because I love what you have shared um with us, because I think there's a lot that we can just go and implement into how we view our closets today and what we're doing today. So um, thanks for joining me, Kelly.
1: And Thank you for having me on the show. Like I said, I feel so privileged to be one of your few interviewees. You totally should feel privileged. I do.
0: <laughs> so for those of you who are um, uh, interested in this, again, that's adore, like A-D-O-R-E, your wardrobe, and that's Y O U R you know, spell it correctly for your wardrobe. We all know that's a big thing online, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Adoreyourwardrobe.com. I will also have a link in the show notes. This is podcast number 122 and you can click through there. If you're listening in iTunes, those show notes are actually in um, iTunes with you. So uh, thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.